Hello there. This is an incoming transmission from the Outer Rim Beacon. Everything leading up to this moment has been rehearsal. The real performance is about to begin. I'm counting on it. Ladies and gentlemen, Gans and Gamorians, you have now tuned into the Outer Rim Beacon, your Outer Rim Beacon, your frequency for all things happening in that galaxy far, far away. Uh, whether it's snow speeders or adats, we got you covered here. Everybody, welcome to the show. Uh, my name is Justin. Joining me as always are my good, good friends. This is Josh, and I have a very important question for you too. Do you? Do you think that Anakin made Padme feel like she was the only girl in the world? <laughs> like she's the only one <laughs> that he'll ever love? Little Rihanna reference. That <sighs> she, it, he's the only one that, that knows her heart? Bringing it back. Man, I, I apparently like I missed a fun show Friday night with a lot of um, Rihanna conversation. Things like spiral. Three quarters of it? Spiral. Yeah. No, not three quarters. <laughs> um, it went a lot of different directions. It was sprawling. You know, nice. We just nice. got knowledge abound. Um, this is Kyle, and I am uh, glad you're back from Disney, Justin. And I really Thank appreciate you. you bringing me those nice Ahsoka lightsabers back. Uh huh. Um, uh -huh. Very generous of you. I'm gonna to have to that. put them under lock and key if Kyle <laughs> makes a trip up here this weekend. They'll be behind a glass case with a security system uh, on it. <laughs> you're gonna need a ray shield, I think. Right. Right. Set up a whole Ocean's Eleven uh, heist situation. Full battalion of troopers guarding it. Um, Kyle is eyeballing my Clone Wars Ahsoka sabers, which are really, really cool. They are a little thick uh, as far as lightsabers go, but uh, yeah, really cool. They change. You can change the color. You can have the blue and the green. You can do, uh, and it changes the sound profile on them. I didn't know that, which is super, super cool. Yeah, I successful trip to Batu East, um, not to be confused with Batu West. It was a lot of fun. I took a lot of pictures. I'll get them uploaded as soon West as I can. Um, it was it was a fun experience. You know what? And I I went over Thursday morning by myself, and I walked around the park by myself. I literally went into Hollywood solo. Went, you would say went straight to Batu. I went solo. I went rogue if you will. Um, I, one. yeah, I, I explored all over. It was, it was everything I thought it was going to be because you totally don't feel like you're in the park at all. Um, I, I thought like, I mean, the, the, the walls are so high, the like stone, um, spires are so high. You really don't feel like you're in the rest of, of a park like you do when you're in Hollywood. And, um, you know, it was great walking around. I got some good pictures. Uh, seeing the Falcon for the first time was immense. Uh, you, you, it definitely hits you with the feels when you, when you come around the corner mm -hmm. and you start to see the cockpit and you're just like, there is a full scale, like one, one size millennium Falcon in existence in this world. And it is awesome to just stand there and look at, um, so this for me, like, how am I going to get that thing home? Yeah, yeah. What's the sticker price on that bad boy? <laughs> um, if you have to ask kids, you can't afford it. Yeah. Do, do you do shipping, Disney? Um, 
but yeah, it was a lot of fun. I got to go to the marketplace. I went to the creature shop. I went to, um, the Toydarian toy makers. Um, you know, and when you're in these little shops, you get little things on the wall, like there's a little TV window up there and you can see the little Toydarian guy working in the background mm-hmm. there and, and fixing things. And he yells every once in a while. And then, um, you get any good did, eats? I, There's always oh, such good food at Disney. Yes. I did get to try the Ronto wraps. I tried them twice. Oh, <laughs> they nice. Back, good. back again. Uh, yeah, I didn't get to try the breakfast one. Um, there's a breakfast one apparently that you can get, but yeah, it's, um, it's really good. I got one the first time I went and then I got one the second time I went, I tried both the blue and green milk. They were delicious. Uh, I like the blue a little bit better. That's just me. Okay. It's, Classic. um, yeah, it's a uh, more of a fruit kind of blend. Whereas the green is more of like a citrus kind of blend. Like one is like mm. passion fruit and like, I don't, I don't know how to say it sweeter, I guess. And then yeah. the green is a little bit more citrusy, but um, I did add a little something to the green milk when I tried it. Um, you Look can out. Get the, <laughs> you can get the adult versions of the milk, if you will. Yeah, <laughs> it was very good. Too, highly recommended. Yes. If you've never had a Dole Whip in your life, mm. that should be probably one of the first things you get at Disney World uh, and Magic Kingdom. They're so good. Um, but yeah, I got to, I got to, I finally got to go on the Millennium Falcon ride, the Smuggler's Run ride. It was what awesome. Was your position? It's fun. What, what was your role? So there were three of us on the ride and normally there's two co-pilots, like two navigators and like two gunners. Mm-hmm. So I was the only pilot. I was flying solo. Whoa. Flying solo. <laughs> um, it was Risky very maneuver. interesting because you have this handle in front of you that only moves left and right. And I'm like, well, how am I supposed to move up and down? Because that's what the other pilot does is he moves up and oh, down. Yeah. And they stick it basically on autopilot. So it moves up and down for you. You just have to control the left and right. But then when it comes time to, to make the jump, right, there's this lever that's more on the navigator side. So like, they're like, pull the lever to jump to light speed. And you're like, Oh crap. And you just lean, you have to lean clear across the pilot seat to get it. It's not a one man job. Apparently. No, it makes you feel cool though, because you're like, drop the hammer and like, you're just boom like this. And then all of a sudden you get that fun. The stars kind of fade to the, the dashed lines. And, um, yeah, um, and it, it's uh, it's a blast. It was a fun, so. Can a lot you actually wreck the the Falcon? Can you wreck into the wall or something? It's like um, if you're a if you're a terrible <laughs> pilot. If you've ever played the racing game Daytona, it's kind of like that where you can bash the car all over the wall and your you're car just kind of ends though. up more messed up. <laughs> okay. um, and uh, yeah, you can bash it off of things. So the better you fly, the higher your score is the more tie fighters and things that your, your gunners shoot, the better off it is. I don't know what the navigator does cause Man. we didn't have one. So, um, <laughs> but, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's quick. Um, it wasn't a long wait at all. I think we were in there like 20, 30 minutes tops. Um, did not get to ride rise of resistance, but maybe Ooh. next time. So, but yeah, I, yeah, I um I tried the foods. Um, I got to take some pictures. I saw Ray and Chewie walking around. I saw a couple first order troopers. Did not see Kylo Ren at all or any first order officers. He's dead. But uh, yeah, he's was, dead. That's why. Yes, very true. Very true. Uh, I got a spork 
I picked up a spork while I was there, the fun metal spork. Terrible um, utensil. Nice collectible, but terrible utensil. Yeah. Um, I picked up a couple kyber crystals and a, a holocron, Jedi holocron. I got the churret kyber crystal, which is cool. The the the, the white ones, the like these white kyber crystals were really cool because you either get churret or Ahsoka. And I'm like, I'm good with either of those. Yeah, it's a win-win. Like, that's a win-win. Um, you know, some of them you get like, if you got the yellow, you either got, um, I forget who it was. It was, uh, like, uh, I forget who the yellow was. The it guard. Was Ray the guard, or generic was, temple guard. It was Maz Kanata and something Maz. else. I was like, well, I don't really want Maz. What's I was Maz like, so with a yellow lightsaber. I don't know. Um, and then I got a red one, but I don't know who this is yet because Yoda. when I put it into the holocron, you just hear Yoda talking. So, yeah, so you got to get two, yeah. you got to get two holocrons. So, huh? Yeah. Next time, next time I'll get the, uh, Sith, Sith holocron and try it out and see what I get. So, but yeah, and I got a little porg that sits on my shoulder. Yeah. Nice. Nice haul. Man. Um, yeah, it was good. I can't oh. believe you didn't get both holocrons. Cause I know if you put them together, you hear the Bendu. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, see, yeah, if I'd have known that I would have bought both. Damn. The one in the All middle. Right. Well, see, now I got to go get it. But I did get, I did get Grand Admiral Bendithron here, who... He's sort of like a Mary, He's like a stringless marionette, kind of. He, yeah. yeah, he's a little weird, and you can put him in fun poses, like, he's dancing, like, hey! <laughs> like, it's, it's entertaining. Um, but, uh, yeah, these are just kind of weird little wooden trinkets from the Toydarian Toymaker. And they do have some, like, metal, I think they're metal, like, TIE Fighters and mini ships, which are really cool. Um, makes yeah, me think it, of Pinocchio. Yeah, I'm a real Grand Admiral. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, except he's like tiny. He's like little size. Um, and I found the shirts that you guys wanted, which was a. I mean, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Yeesh. So for those Very that hard don't to know, find a t-shirt at Disney World. Apparently, um, for those that don't know, Disney released an entire pride collection for next month that you can get and you can find most of the apparel in Disney Springs or, uh, over at magic kingdom. You know, or I need an exclusive the, though. Yeah. The different shops and they have one that is a, it's like a black shirt with, um, one has Darth Vader's helmet on it and the other one has, the rebel logo and it says star Wars underneath it. And it's, it's rainbow colored in the front, beautiful shirts could not find that anywhere. And I asked people every park. I like when I went to Hollywood, I asked people in galaxy's edge. I asked at, um, Keystone. I, the shop clothing shop that's like right there in the front. They didn't know. I checked at, um, what is it? Loading, not, um, Star Wars loading bay, whatever that area is back there. That's not part of galaxies. Yeah. I checked back there. They, they didn't know. Um, I checked when I went over to, to Disney Springs, I checked in magical world of Disney, which is that ginormous Disney store. If you've ever been in there, it's huge. Um, they didn't know, but they suggested, Hey, go try the trading post and go try this other star Wars shop. That's both in, in Disney Springs. I tried both of those. Like they didn't know. Chase. It was. And then somebody said, well, go check out Marketplace Co-op. They get some things that we don't carry in the main stuff. And I said, okay. So I go in there, I'm looking around, nothing, absolutely nothing. 
I'm walking out of the co-op marketplace. I look over to my right in the little DTEC store that's right there on the corner and I see like a mouse pad, two mouse pads, one with the Darth Vader logo and the other one with the Rebel or the Darth Vader helmet and one with the Rebel logo with the Star Wars on it in, in that rainbow color pattern. And I went, where did you get this? Why is this the only thing I have seen in this pattern since I've been here? And the guy said, oh, he's like, I said, I'm looking for it. And I showed him the picture that you sent me, Kyle. And I said, it's right here on these two shirts. Where can I get this? He said, oh, it's probably over there at the kiosk. And I'm like, what kiosk? There is a the made kiosk, kiosk in um, Disney Springs in the market co-op marketplace area that says made above it. And you can go in and you can make your own T-shirts. They have adult, women's, youth tees. Um, they you had can these make kiosks own... in the malls in the nineties too. You can press them on and I live for basketball or, or, or whatever <laughs> you want to press on your shirt. Yeah. So I, I, I said, all right. So guy goes over there, you know, he taps on it and there's a whole like star Wars. He clicks on that. And sure enough, there it was both logos. I went, Success. you gotta be kidding me. I have run all over this place looking for these t-shirts and they were right here hidden in this little kiosk. So if you are looking for the exclusive Pride exclusive. exclusive Pride Darth Vader or Star Wars Rebel logo t-shirt, go to Disney Co-op Marketplace, find the made kiosk, and you can get it made for you. You can pick it up the next day or they will ship it to your house, which was a super nice feature because I was leaving the next day and I did not have time to go back. So or it worked out really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds like we should be glad that you didn't charge us a finder's fee with all that uh, footwork you had to do. And also, it's wild to me. (laughs) (laughs) It's wild to me that something that is supposedly like a marquee like thing that they're doing, it's like the first thing on the front of Shop Disney that like they're posting it on all their major socials, that it would be that like a niche of a place to have to find it. You'd think that would be mm-hmm. like everywhere because yeah. they're like, here's this thing we're doing. They're that's doing the it. Person I got, but it was I mean, not I hard to find, find on the internet. That's for sure. It's very yeah, hard to find I mean, in the park. I could find all of the other stuff. Most of the clothes, the pants, the lounge fly bags that they were, um, that have the rainbow kind of stripe in the front. Um, I could find those everywhere. Like the basic, like white color pattern with the rainbow on it was everywhere. But these shirts, just for some reason, they didn't, I don't know if they didn't make them or they didn't think they'd sell, but like that was the only place I could find it. So yeah, no finder's fee, no nothing. I would say this, it is not a cheap shirt though. (laughs) It is a $29.99 t-shirt. That's a lot of money. Yeah, that is a little bit of money, a little bit of cash for a t-shirt, but yeah, it was a good trip. I enjoyed it. Um, it was, it was, I, I will say this, it was crazy though, with everything that happened regarding the CDC and while you were there mask, but while I'm there and like, I mean, the next day, you know, we're going to the ESPN center and, um, you know, there's people outside going, you don't have to wear your mask. You can take your mask off. It's okay. You just got to wear them in the building. And it was just like a, a complete 180 from when I got down there on Wednesday. Because uh, you had to have, I had to mask on in the airport, on the plane, in the next airport, waiting for the Magic Express, had it on the Magic Express, had to have it on outside at the hotel. Um, 
you know, I didn't take it off till I got to my room when we left it. I think I got to the airport at 7 a.m. And then I think we, um, we finally got into our hotel room at probably close to like four. You had an amateur hour, uh, uh flight schedule though. That's for sure. That was, yeah, we, we had a, no, we had a two hour layover in Atlanta, which was not fun either when everything is closed. No, 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 no. <laughs> so, well, and it's like, it's not a far flight from Columbus no, it's, to it's Orlando. No, it's like a two hour flight. No. <laughs> it not we were literally on the plane for 50 minutes, I think, going down there for and then yeah. a two hour well, layover yeah, flight in Atlanta. flight to Atlanta is a drive. You ever, like, had, <laughs> you ever had Chinese food at 10 in the morning for breakfast? Because that's hmm. what I had. Not yet, but... I had uh, some bourbon chicken and I think some Beijing beef, maybe, I think is what it was. It was good. I mean, it was and really good. it was good. delicious, wasn't it? It was yeah. delicious, <laughs> but never thought I'd be eating warm Chinese food at 10 o'clock in the morning in an airport. And it's one of those things you never picture yourself doing, so... Usually, um, usually <laughs> Popeye's is the breakfast move at, <laughs> at the Atlanta airport. That's, well, I'll tell you I've, what, I've that Chick-fil-A was many, open. Many, many times. That Chick-fil-A was open boy and it was a mile mile long line i i I don't get it unpopular opinion i am not a chick-fil-a fan i think it's overpriced for a chicken sandwich just my take if you don't like it it's okay personality right bland and soggy but whatever it's breaded chicken with pickles that's it there's no sauce on there i mean i gotta add my sauce but the mcdonald's chicken crispy chicken sandwich is the same exact one if you blindfolded people they wouldn't know the difference I don't know. People people are addicted to those aluminum mm-hmm. bags they put them in or something. Who knows? McDonald's puts it in an aluminum bag. I don't get it. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. They put the, the, yeah, they put that spicy yeah, so chicken soggy. sandwich in there. It's soggy. So it's just nice like and the soggy like the, just like like the, the people require, huh? Yeah, I don't get I'm, it. I'm a big if anyone fan can of, explain uh, it to me, explain it, because I drive by <laughs> the Chick-fil-A almost every day, and there's a line. Like, they had to specifically organize their whole parking lot to accommodate this insane line. I don't understand. It's wild. Yeah, the line it's in the pleasure. airport was long. Apparently, huge. apparently, it's their pleasure to wait there for a half hour, 40 minutes sitting in your car. People must love sitting in their car. Yeah. Have either one of you had Zaxby's before? Yes. Oh. oh. Yes. Zaxby's is pretty yes. good. I would walk yeah. from here to Atlanta for Zaxby's. Delicious. <laughs> better better than Popeye's? Uh, it's a mm. different thing. Zaxby's is like chicken yeah. fingers, and Popeye's is proper fried chicken. No, they have a sandwich now. that they're, They've entered the chicken sandwich wars. Zaxby's? Well, well sure. Zaxby's oh. makes multiple chicken sandwiches, but the... I still think of Popeye's as like a fried chicken place. Like that's like a KFC or a Lee's yeah. or a whatever. Not then they happen to offer a chicken sandwich. That's quite good. Yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, Ladies but, and gentlemen, you know, you've joined chicken sandwich hour. Uh, if you want to talk chicky chicky sandwiches, I can go. <laughs> you have joined the chicken sandwich hour here. I believe uh, hey, went out hey, Wendy's Beacon. deserves to be part of this conversation if we're talking. Oh, I love Wendy. Wendy's is probably my favorite. That yeah, that phenomenal. no Popeyes is still number one. I've had that new Wendy's chicken sandwich with their commercial that said that it was going to end the chicken sandwich wars. Uh, well, that's Dave a bold Thomas statement. is getting a little mm-hmm. getting a little bold beyond the grave well, here. He, yeah, yeah, I was going to say he's dead, so I think he's probably not making the, <laughs> the first call there. But yeah, so it was I, you know it was a fun trip. It was a great trip. I loved it. I was glad I got to see it. I cannot wait to go back again. Um, yeah, rub it in. Yeah, and hopefully this time with some friends uh, that can can get down there and check it out and uh, experience it. I mean, I could have hung out there all day. Schedule a trip. 
I literally could have stayed in Galaxy's Edge probably all day. I didn't even get to, I didn't even make it into Oga's Cantina. Um, I did get into that um, docking or the, whatever the docking bay seven, the food and whatever is, that's where actually where I had that other Ronto wrap, but you could have, cause, cause their menu is a little limited, I think due to the, the COVID yeah. stuff, right. They're trying to get stuff out fast. Cause you could pre-order everything on the app. Like you just order it, you go pick it up at a window time and you're done. Disney's always pretty good with their app. Yeah. It, it was scheduling. nice to be able to, to just place an order, go pick it up, you know, puts it on your credit card or your debit card or your gift card or whatever card you want to put it on. Um, Apple pay, whatever, like you place your order, you go pick it up. It's ready to go. Um, bar, I mean, top notch service as far as their pickup windows and online ordering go. So kudos, Disney kudos. Um, well, while I was gone, we did have some big news come down involving uh, a little something called Mm. celebration. Big jump. We had a time jump here. Yeah. Uh, we're like, um, light speed skipping. Yeah. Light light speed skipping here. So we're, we went from 60, what? Five to like 53, 53 weeks in only one week. We'll be one year away. Incredible. (laughs) This is crazy. It feels like we were over a hundred just yesterday. It's crazy. Uh, it's May. New dates are May 26th through the 29th. So make sure you get out and book your hotels if you haven't already, because they do fill up pretty fast. I will say this. Don't panic, though, people, because they like Josh. people cancel stuff all the time. Josh and <laughs> I'm panicking, Justin. <laughs> they open up room. You're supposed blocks. to be the adult. We should have had the hotel by now. <laughs> um, I will. I will get you your hotel. It will be booked. It will be do it. exquisite. Is it going to uh, be in Embassy Vegas Suites. and we have to commute in every day? <laughs> um I've heard worse ideas. <laughs> That's also true. Uh, you know, the embassy suites we stayed at last time it was in Anaheim was fun. It was, uh, you know, we had a free continental breakfast so every it. morning. I want that. Omelet, good, I know. I'm trying. I want that omelet it was the full. fake lion. <laughs> yeah. The fake lion was kind of. Remember that? Funny. It was like, yes. It was like, <laughs> he why would, is there he a would fake just like roar every sloppy. 15 minutes or something. Yes. They, they don't, they haven't opened the blocks yet though. Have they? Anywhere? Mm, I don't think so. No, I haven't You're, seen anything. So. Is the no. block hot though? Block. That's what I've hot. heard. Block yeah. is hot. Oh, that was the old school right there. Um, we don't uh, support Lil Wayne in my household anymore, though. No. No. No Weezy F. No. Baby. You don't take pandering no. pictures with it's little, little with maneuvers and politicians. <laughs> Only little maneuvers, twenty four seven. Okay. Okay. No. He um, wouldn't be on your mixtape. I get it. No, he lost his street cred taking pictures with the president. Remember, <laughs> remember Ice Cube? I never had dinner with the president. Oh, like that's <laughs> okay. I get it. I mean, it's right there. Yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah. Just keep your eyes open because uh, Reed Pop will probably send stuff out concerning hotel blocks and other news like that to come. Oh, don't um, worry, I'll be texting you at four in the morning if I get an email. Hey, that's all right. <laughs> Whenever it comes, that's okay. I mean. When she gets Book up, I'll probably be awake. Just so not at the embassy suites. You'll hate it there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah all the it's other uh, hotels except the one we want. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> there's no Italian ice stand on the way between nope. the embassy there's suites no and the convention There's no Bugatti in the center. parking lot. There's we no a burger place. continental um, breakfast. Where did you, we eat? Was it, it Whataburger? Is that where we ate? No, it wasn't Whataburger. Yeah. It was... um. I can't remember. We ate at a burger. There was a burger place there too. That's not native to Ohio at all. Like in a, in we don't out? have them here. No, it wasn't in and out. Fat it was, burger. Um, no, was it Jack in the Box? 
It was good burger. It was good burger. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that was good too. We had, a, I mean, we ate lunch there like the first day and that was pretty tasty. So but yeah, celebration, 53 weeks, new dates, May 26th through the 29th. Get your tickets, find your hotel, get your, get your costumes together. Let's get ready to go, people. I have a suggestion. Mm-hmm. Suggest away. So, you know, it's expensive to, to fly out to California. Mm-hmm. Kyle and I are really pining to go to Batu. I say we add, it's a holiday weekend already. Batu we add West? a day or two on and go to, and go to Batu West while we're out there all together. Okay, can I stop you there? Out of Rim Beacon all together. <laughs> so the suggestion from Josh is to uh, add on one to two days. Trip. And I'm trying to get trip. tattooed. Ooh. I'm trying to get yeah. out to California. I'm trying to buy all of the things. The merch. You had an extra merch. year to save money, sir. Uh, extra year i've got 20 weeks less <laughs> they just cut 20 <laughs> weeks off our time for 10 uh, weeks off the time frame i could i could i could here's the uh, thing and i and i i know people love disneyland but i've been to disney world so many times and disneyland mm-hmm. is lame it's like 10 percent of the size it's just not as good i'm not trying to I, waste my disney trip i've never been to disneyland i would not mind going just to see it one time but I have heard that it's not it the is Grand Canyon. Drastically you can't just walk up and than, take a look. You got to pay the the big bucks. You got to pay yeah. the entry fee. Yeah, I, I just hey man, one I'm just time. trying to make it work for us. You know, all we'll the members see. of the Outer Rim Beacon here. I'm sure they'll probably do a. What were they do? What was the thing that they were doing last year? I'd rather they, transmit the from day Orlando. at the park or whatever. Yeah, Star Wars day at the, the day park after there was a thing. Or yeah, something. there's yeah. the. At night thing they were doing too that was at the same time. Yeah, I could probably. I, could, get I would go that. for a night gig if you could do it for like fifty bucks or something. I'm not trying to pay for a whole day's two hundred dollar pass to Disney World to or yeah. Disneyland to go for three hours. But yeah, well, oh, for those... I got to get my beauty sleep <laughs> to get up at six a.m. to get in line. <laughs> yeah, very true. I remember that first day we, we we thought we were getting up early to be there. And we, we got were there. there was around like, the corner. Oh my god! It was like so long. We thought we were being all slick. Like, well, let's get up at six and we'll get over there by six thirty. Oh no! no it <laughs> like, did not matter. Did that's not matter. A, that was that was a rookie mistake yeah. on our part. And it, you know, we were rookies. We didn't know any better. We got there thinking we're all slick. We're here before. We're here like six thirty. It's gonna open up at. Eight or nine, and we're three hours early. Nope. 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 Not <laughs> it was enough. bad. We'll do, it we'll was do a bad. do's and don'ts episode uh, leading up to yeah. the celebration. Yeah, a couple weeks out. So you don't have to make uh, the same mistakes as us. For those not trying to save any money, uh, there was a little bit of news this week, uh, actually like two days ago. Um, Galaxy's Edge released a new lightsaber, uh, a new led, uh, legacy hilt. It is the dark saber from The Mandalorian. It is $199. It comes with a blade, so you do not have to purchase the blade separately. Um, it is like a, a thin, narrow blade. It's not like the rounded ones like most of their others are. Oh, you'd um, be mad if it was. It better be thin yeah. and narrow. It better be that yeah. flat blade. It, you know, it looks it looks nice. It's mach- nice machined metal. They're all heavy. Um, 
you know, it has the little blue coming through the vents towards the top. Uh, the sound is good. Looks a little funky compared to some of the other ones I've seen that are going to be so many rulers of Mandalore out there. I know, uh, it's a little funky compared to some of the other man, uh, dark saber blade hilts I've seen from other manufacturers, you know, where it's kind of a narrow profile from top to bottom. This one goes narrow up to where that slanted metal piece is. And then, um, the top is, is a little bit fatter to fit the blade cause it's not a super skinny blade. So, um, but a lot of people like it. It's a long box. It is a different box than what the other blades come in. All of the other blades come in this nice plastic, like push button lift lid box. This is literally a long cardboard, hard cardboard box with magnets in it that closes it up. So they did not do, yeah, they did not do the hard plastic cases that they do with the other sabers. So I did get to, I did get to, um, Yes, yeah, because it's underneath the hilt in the box. And you do get a stand with it. I forgot that. You do get the stand with it. So it looks very nice sitting on the stand if it's on your desk or something. It does look really, really good. But um, I did get to go into Doc Ondar's, though, and I did get to try the different sabers. I tried the Obi-Wan hilt. I tried uh, the Vader hilt. I tried Luke's hilt. Um, You know, I did look at the Ray hilt. It's heavy. It is heavy. Um, but yeah, some of them, it's a little weird because like the Leia's hilt and the Luke hilt, they both have those skinny necks on them, right? Like for a smaller tube and the way that you get it to work is you have to take the skinny neck off and put like a fat neck on it and then put the tube into the fat neck to get it to work, which is, uh, that's kind of lame. Yeah. It, like the fat neck makes the saber look. It needs not like as elegant when it's the yeah. skinny tube. Yeah. So it was a little weird, but yeah, um, it was, it was a fun experience. Doc Ondars. It was cool to see all this stuff in the room and, you know, just kind of like your head's just like looking around all the time. Like, Oh, I didn't notice that. Oh, I didn't notice that. Oh, I didn't notice that. So definitely a good time, but that's about the only bit of news that I got this week uh, for today's show. But we're going to talk a little bit about bad batch. Because we had a new episode drop on Friday, The Replacements. But we're also going to talk a little bit about episode two, which was Cut and Run. Cut and Run. We're covering two episodes today, people. Two in this time span. So Two for one. No extra charge. No. Yeah, this is a good deal right here. It's better than, hey, it's almost as good as my Saber deal in Disney. Two for almost the price of one and a half. Or one and He's rubbing it in, Kyle. I know. <laughs> Enough's enough with this whole shit. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to turn it over to our resident Clone Wars aficionado, Kyle, kind of to similar. talk a little bit about uh, episode two, Cut and Run. Yeah. Um, here we are at episode two of The Bad Batch. We're going to try and get through both of these pretty quickly, but um, there's some repeat info. So... Um, like Justin said, this is episode two, Cut and Run, uh, directed by Stuart Lee, who did 24 different episodes of Clone Wars and 15 different episodes of Rebels, including Trials of the Dark Saber, which we were just talking about, the Dark Saber. Mm-hmm. Awesome episode with Sabine Rand and Kanan, killer, and A World Between Worlds, which is also a super famous uh, Rebels episode. So um, Stuart knows what he's doing. 
our writer, our writer, I'm going to butcher this name is um Gersim Gersimrin Sandu, I think is how you pronounce her name. Um but I haven't seen a whole um um lot of credits to her name. She was an assistant to like a PA and assistant to Weiss and Benioff on Game of Thrones back in 2017. And then she was a staff writer on Game of Thrones in 2019. And she wrote Night of the Seven Kingdoms. Anybody who is a Game of Thrones fan, that was like the best episode of the whole season. So um, good for her. And it seems to me like right when her career was kind of ramping up, COVID hit and um, it's probably been hard to get work. So uh, good for her getting to do this, but I think she is new to Star Wars as far as I can tell. Yeah. Um, so on to episode two. Um, we are going to be primarily on Seleucami, uh, in the Outer Rim territories. We were here on episode, uh, season two, episode nine of the Clone Wars. It's called Grievous Intrigue. Um, that's where we met the characters of. Oh, I'm sorry. That's not true. Yeah, that is true. That's where we met the characters of this episode. And it was also uh, season two, episode 10, The Deserter. It was both of them. That's where we met uh, Cut Laquane, who's the clone deserter, and mm-hmm. his family, his wife Sue, and his children, uh, Shea and Jack. That's the little girl and the little boy. Um, but this is the, the arc in Clone Wars where Grievous captures... Um, one of the Jedi masters, his name is Koth and, um, Obi-Wan and Anakin go back to rescue him. Um, so as, uh, the bad batch are landing on Nexu, we see the, uh, Nuna birds and they're getting scattered by, um, I can't remember the name of it. Yeah. The big cat thing. Well, the cat's the Nexu. Oh yeah. The Nexu are hunting the Nuna birds. Um, the cat with lots of sharp pointy teeth. And too many eyes. It's like a spider cat. Is that the same thing from Attack of the Clones? Is that one of the yes. pit? Mm-hmm. It's like a smaller yep. version, yep. maybe, right? I feel like yes. the one in the movie yep. was a little bigger. Um, and we Alana get... Solo had a had a pet one as well. Oh, really? Alana Solo is the daughter of uh, Jason Solo and Tenoka. She was being basically raised by Han and Han and uh, Leia because Jason was a Sith. Oh, he's a bad guy. Can't be raising the chillins. But then we did not give her a very cuddly pet, it seems like. Not not gonna snuggle Work, up with worked the out for her. Nexu. Okay. I mean, what do I what do I know? Don't judge a book by its cover. Um, but then we got this good stuff with um Omega being like blinded by the sun and being shocked by the solid ground and she doesn't know what earth is basically she's on a she she's from a water planet and they're like yeah it's it's just dirt let's keep it moving but um she's like the anti anakin yeah she loves sand it's like yeah it's all over your skin yeah yeah it was a lot like ray seeing um all the trees in in um yeah force awakens too and like i didn't know there was this much green in the whole universe whatever whatever she said um and they're uh so they're walking through they obviously know that that um that cut is here he's met these these clones before and so they're walking up to their hut through a um forest of towering bith is the name of those uh flowers 
Um, just uh, then a group of plants with bulbous fruit. They don't have a name like the Towering Bith. I don't. I don't really know why, but there they are, and they um, are talking about. Uh, they're telling uh, um, um, Echo where they're where they're going, and he's uh, he's a little nervous about trusting a a deserter. And, and Tech mentions that well, we're all deserters now, which I yeah. thought was like. Uh, an interesting comment from him like we've got to kind of change our perspective like um good and evil are all relative in in this new world right like just because the the people in power present themselves as the good guys and being a deserter traditionally means you're a bad guy uh that's not necessarily the case um so they uh they they come up on a tripwire apparently this place is booby trapped which makes sense because this family's been on the run and Wrecker always like with the physical comedy and in, in the comic relief, he's, he springs the trap, which is a bunch of droids, uh, a bunch of crappy B one battle droids that he, <laughs> he's, uh, shooting down that just kind of like pop up out of the ground. And, uh, that's when we see cut and Sue come up on him, and, um, and, uh, they catch him there in their field and, and, uh, obviously they recognize him and take him back to their hut. And we do the, introductions of echo and omega and uh they ask where crosshair is and that's like uh obviously a little tense for them um and and cut mentions uh captain rex and obviously <sighs> echo perks up at that i think everybody watching mm. probably perked up at that mm-hmm. i know i definitely want to see rex Missed him by a day one <sighs> day one day one Talk cycle to him Sorry. yesterday oh, god bless america time is funny in in a galaxy far far away but just missed him yesterday it's heartbreaking and uh he mentioned that he was going on about some behavioral implant so rex is trying to spread the word about the 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 chip but he doesn't really know what it is i i think um when they finally catch up to him he might like he might have something to do with them being able to disarm or remove their chips in Mm -hmm. a later part of the season would be my guess yeah, I, I think that's um he's been involved in this whole arc with the inhibitor chips, um dating back to the Clone Wars, and I think it stands to reason that he would be the keeper of the knowledge, the one the one to share the information that they mm-hmm. need or whatever. And tech is obviously working on um some device. We see that in the next episode. Yeah. Um this is when Shea and Jack come in uh they run in from outside and we get the cool uncle wrecker moment where he picks them up and and talks about how they're they're bigger and and um you can tell if you remember them from those clone wars episodes they did age them up which is cool and um shaya was voiced by nika futterman who is also the voice of asajj ventress i thought that was interesting i didn't know that they uh um, she either. was the voice in the Clone Wars, and now she's the voice here. And obviously, Asajj was throughout the whole series. And she has been... You should look up this person's... I, I didn't even write it down in the notes. They have done tons of animated characters. Tons. Like I'm, I'm looking right now. It's, yeah, it's wild. They've been, in, they've been somebody on like every animated show you've ever heard of since the 80s. They're... <laughs> Uh, t- wow. huge 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 catalog um it's crazy and uh jack was voiced by kath susie who was lola bunny in the ori- 
the original Lola Bunny in 1996 Space Jam. And mm. um, Phil, Lil, Betty DeVille from Rugrats. And that's where I recognized it because I thought um, when I heard him talk, it sounded like mm-hmm. um, Phil and Lil from Rugrats if you are, you know, if you were watching any cartoons in the 90s. Um, anyway, so they, they I watched uh, a few in the 90s, a few yeah, cartoons here yeah. and there. I, mean, dabbled, I, mean, I dabbled. I'm still watching cartoons. I'm, I'm, I know. I, I was. I, I may be a cartoon sarcastic. aficionado at this point. Yeah. <laughs> um. And and they just kind of grab Omega to take her outside and and be a kid. And she has no idea how to be a kid at, at all. She's mm-hmm. terrible at it. She has no experience. What should have taken her to Chuck E. Cheese? Uh, where kids can be a where kid. Where kid can be a kid. Where kids yeah. can be yeah, a kid. Like Charles yeah. Entertainment Cheese. Uh, I mean, if you're gonna get a business, you go. Charles Entertainment to sign the paperwork, and then Chuck is obviously like a frontman name. But the last picture I saw of a Chuck E. Cheese, it was in like a strip mall with a drop ceiling, and it's just um, did not feel the same as what I remember it when I was a child. My childhood Chuck E. Cheese is still open. Really? There's yep. there's still quite a few of them over there. They have like standalone buildings now. Like it's, it's well, those are the those are the good thing. ones. That's what I'm those talking are the good about. Ones. It's the, the big it's ones. The strip yeah. mall with the the drop ceiling and the water stain up there. That's not not ideal. Back in the day, we used to have that in showbiz. But ski ball, ski ball, showbiz. Y'all remember showbiz pizza place? But uh, they were. I think competing. they bought showbiz pizza place and ran them out of business. I think that's exactly yeah. right. Actually. Yeah. So I wasn't going to do this, but because you did it, I'm going to do it. Um, growing up in Metro Detroit, we had Caesarland, which was mm. Little Caesar's version of um, Chuck little, E. Cheese. Little dude running around going pizza, um, pizza. Sounds like, uh, place? sounds like Mr. Gaddy's, which is a uh, pizza place <laughs> slash arcade. <laughs> that Ooh. was in Northern Kentucky. <laughs> Apparently there was. Uh, and um, I'm sure that... Ch- Chuck E. Cheese put them all out of business, much like Blockbuster did, and now, you know, didn't work out so great for either one of them in the end, sadly enough. No. No. (laughs) Oh, well. Sorry. Sorry, capitalism. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Where were we before the pizza parties? Ah, yes. We're taking Omega, where a kid can be a kid. (laughs) She has no idea how to be a kid. She's outside. She watches. Here, I mean, here's the thing. She's a med- she's qualified to be a medical assistant and a part of this like elite clone squadron gallivanting about the galaxy to do God knows what. And she watches these two kids play catch for five minutes where like, they literally just toss a ball back and forth. And when they toss <laughs> a ball to no her, she, she has not yet picked up on how this game works. Yeah. I guess it's a foreign concept, but she, she, Dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodged when she was supposed to catch. It was <laughs> not a great look. Good dodgeball reference there. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Five uh, D's of dodgeball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and two, anyway. of them are, two of them are dodge, but the, you know, it's right there in the name, so it's I guess it's <laughs> worth repeating. Um, you know, and and Cut starts asking about her too. Like, what's uh, what's the deal with the little girl? You guys are five grown men, and you're bringing a little girl on your spaceship that's kind of weird and so he gives them he gives them the lowdown on that she was um she's one of them she was created uh by the kaminoans and she's a uh she's a, an enhanced clone and this is another instance this is something that keeps coming up over and over and over about how is she enhanced what's her ability you all have a thing what's her thing 
do you think if it was like five men and a little lady, like a live action movie, we'd get Steve Gutenberg as Hunter? I hope so. <laughs> How else would they pull it off? <laughs> Who else could do it? From three men and a little Ted Danson is he's got the experience. As, uh, <laughs> would be who was the third one? It was I don't, I don't remember. Know, I don't know. Ted some Danson other, was in there. Some other yeah, wavy haired eighties <laughs> man. Um. And he, he tells him, you have no idea what you're in for. Classic, like, I'm a dad. You're a new dad. You don't know what this is going to be like. Ha, ha, ha. So, mm-hmm. t- tale as old as time. Um, and uh, we're figuring out that as the Empire has taken over, uh, Seleucami is no longer safe. Not only for the Bad Batch, but also for Cut Laquain and his family. And they're going to have to catch a transport off-world. And... Um, <clears throat> So they're headed basically what would be downtown, I guess, to the city center. And they're noticing that there's more troops patrolling um, when there should be less, right? The war is over, so the imperial or republic occupation should be withdrawing um, to let people live in peace. But they're seeing that this is not what's happening. We're corralling people. We're forcing them to change over their currency to... Um, Republic credits and we are handing out chain codes um, which I know we heard about chain codes in the Mandalorian Um, are chain codes a thing that we were made aware of in the Star Wars universe prior to the Mandalorian or is this now we're getting it here at the beginning of the Empire um, but the first we ever heard about it was was actually in the Mandalorian. It's got to be similar to code cylinders, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I think the, yeah, I think the code cylinder just houses the chain code, and that's why you have to yeah, plug it in uh, there. But yeah, I mean, yeah, and it was they were they were commandeering the ships too. But I thought it was interesting. It wasn't just like civilian ships; they were commandeering their own Republic ships too, because the one you clearly see it hauling away a V wing, which is a Republic starfighter um, that clones use. I wasn't a hundred percent clear if they were, if they were taking every single one of them or if they were registering them and tracking them. So they had all of Mm -hmm. their, um, you know, like we know yeah. later as the empires established, they have ways of, oh, that's that Y2, whatever, whatever, whatever freighter. It's known for this where they're right. basically giving them um, license plates and VIN numbers is, is kind of what I, how I took that. Or were they, they just creating, actually taking everyone's vehicles? Um, creating the emperor's know. database. Which seems boring essentially what and we're doing. bureaucratic, and I guess it is, but like, man, there's a lot of power with information. Yep. It really, really is. As, as we learned in uh, Alphabet Squadron. Yep. yep. It's Victory's not boring. Price. It's world building. It's good. Yeah. I, well, I mean, if you are the person who has to actually hand out the chain codes and input the data into the database, that part would be boring. Us learning about oh. it, I don't find boring. I think the data okay. entry by the whatever low level stormtrooper has to do it. That's probably a boring job, but yeah. Um, yep. yeah. And so they're, they're establishing all this stuff. We see the, the hologram pop up in the, in the town square about everybody has to go get a chain code and get your Imperial credits and 
you can't get off world unless you have a chain code. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're, we're tracking everybody. We're handing out their papers. We're issuing papers to the whole planet and presumably, um, every, every planet, um, at least every planet where they have a presence, uh, cut back to the homestead. And Omega, again, still very, very bad at catch, misses the ball, and it slides out of the fence. And this is a weird little um, thing. And I, I mean, I know we're setting up this situation for Hunter to, to be upset with her and, and react a little poorly. But um, the two kids that know how to be kids, they're like, up, oh, ball's out, and they just run inside. <laughs> like, like, oh, it's fine, just leave it. And they just run inside. Not like if you go outside the fence – you're going to get eaten by the spider right. cat. Not it's <laughs> right. dangerous out there. Not like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. It seemed a little irresponsible, but um, there it was. They ran little, inside. Little heads up would have been nice. Yeah, yeah. They could have given yeah. her like a, no, no, no. We're not just like bored of playing catch. You can't go outside the fence or you get eaten by the spider cat. And they, they so um, yeah, that right. seemed like right. a little <clears throat> missed opportunity there by the children. But, you know, children make mistakes. Um, but so (laughs) they go running inside and, and they realize almost immediately that Omega is not with them and she went outside because she wants to be helpful. That is like kind of her thing is she's always trying to be helpful. And, um, lo and behold, the spider cat, the next zoo that the, the whole fence was constructed for comes to try and eat her. Yeah, uh, exactly. There we go. Got a whole theme song. It was in my head, but I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't venture there. Um. So of course she gets rescued. Spoiler alert: the main character doesn't die in the second episode. But uh, we get the cool um Sue Laquane up on the rooftop with her sniper rifle. She's very nice with that thing. Although apparently the next Sue is very strong because she nailed it and it like just kind of stunned it. And Hunter rescued her with his sweet knife skills and um, proceeds to like lay into her. Like it's dangerous. You could have gotten hurt, blah, 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 blah. I guess it's a natural reaction. Um, But cut kind of like pulls him aside and he's like, she's not a soldier and kind of shows him how to be a dad a little bit. And um, obviously Hunter's learning how to be a father figure and like a, um, a a nurturer and not just, um, like a, a military leader, which is obviously yeah. a, a very different role. And um, it, it leads him down this this track of, um, well, maybe this little girl would be better off with, um, you know, a, a family living a simpler life than she would be running off with us. And um, yeah, duh, obviously, of course. Like this is this is the part where like, how is this a revelation to you? How like, yes, of course this young girl should live with a family, maybe some other kids, maybe have a bed, like all these things, like, of course that would be a better life for her. Mm -hmm. But that wouldn't be a good show. We don't want to see little house on the prairie in space. We want to see the bad batch. There's probably a market for little little house on the prairie in space and the Waltons in space and whatever that whatever show that would be. But yeah, I mean, I agree. I get why they didn't leave her behind. And also, that's basically like a Star Wars trope now. Is um, here's your child. Try to give them away right away. They, you better you better try to get rid of them. <laughs> Tatooine hillbillies. 
Uh, is there a clamp, trailer the park on Tatooine? What are they? Uh... I was just trying to think of a three-syllabled uh, like Beverly. Oh, I, I was thinking trailer park boys for some way, reason, but yeah, Beverly Hillbillies. Um, yeah, uh, actually, I would I would watch that show. Is there bubbling crude on Tatooine somewhere? It would just be water. <laughs> Clear is, yeah, gold, water. bubbling yeah. crude. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> ah, that's what. Uh, yeah, no, that's I'm, I'm not going to continue with the crazy. We're showing our age here. Yeah, we're old, but uh, that that was a heck of a, a theme song and and um, sitcom intro with the oil bubbling out of the ground. It's probably still holds up excellent today. So, anyway, that's probably not true. But anyway, uh, back to the Bad Batch and Hunter deciding that. Of course, this young child would be better off with a family. So um, he, he's telling Tech, here's these chain codes. Can you make us some counterfeit chain codes so we can smuggle ourselves off world, get this planet off, or get this family off world? And he decides he's just going to kind of send Omega off with the family too um, for her own good. And Tech, ever like, he's, a, he's kind of like a smart ass, right? Am I wrong? Tech is always like kind of irritated that anybody says anything to him, but he's like, yeah, I just learned about him moments ago, but yes, I can recreate the Trancos. I think, I think he gets frustrated when people insult his intelligence. Like, like can I you copy he... these things that just got invented? <laughs> can you create yes. artificial ones? These things that you've never I even heard of? of them moments and he's ago, like, but yes, I, just learned I can about do them. it. Yeah, I can do it. Like, okay, just, I think a yes would be, <laughs> fine right. in this scenario right. tech it's like thanks tech i could have done yeah, without tech. the sass and he's <laughs> and apparently echo is going to be his sidekick i'm ca- i'm gathering or at least he has been for the last couple of episodes and he does not show him a lot of respect echo's been through a lot guys i think i think mm-hmm. he's earned our respect he's a veteran agreed um so we see Obviously, Tech's going to go make some chain codes. He only learned of them moments ago, but he can make them. And uh, Omega goes into the ship, and she takes off her her little, um, little Kaminoan amulet. She's She doesn't want to be a Kaminoan anymore, but she's, she's sad because she got yelled at. Um, and it's, uh, it's pretty heartbreaking. We've got the tears flowing. Uh, the, I, we've not seen a lot of tears in Clone Wars until Season 7, in my opinion. I don't remember really seeing any, but now uh, now they're using these tears left and right. It's uh, very sad if you, if you care about children. Um, mm-hmm. So we're, um, we, we're sending Tech and Echo to... Uh, find a way to create these um, chain codes and he comes up with the idea of well we'll just get the ship impounded we'll already be in there we'll be in the imperial base we can get all the information we need we can get logged into their system we can get the the cards that they go on and um, we'll just use their own little methods against them Um. So they do that. They call in the ship as missing or abandoned. Yeah, they call it in as abandoned. So the Empire will come and take it to their impound lot. And Without telling Hunter. They did point. not. They just pulled the trigger. You know, they're all deserters. Mm-hmm. There's no more um, military hierarchy. They're just making decisions. 
not keeping each other informed, and that's how you end up in the impile in the impound lot in the belly of the beast with a twelve year old girl on the ship. <laughs> Or I don't know. I made up that age. I have no idea how old they, she is. But they didn't realize but she was a, on a there. young girl still on yeah. the ship. She was having her emo moment in the cockpit, and she was with them when they got abducted. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I was listening to the Black Parade. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and just <laughs> crying. That song is kind of sad, but uh, yeah, I I don't know what would be. That's a good question for the internet. What would be on Omega's emo playlist when Hunter yells at her? When she's not feeling like she's part of the team, what's she going to go listen to leaned up against the gonk droid and, and have a good mm. cry? It's a good question. I don't know. It might be Black, about it might be Black Parade. Yeah. Um, there's some good exposition in there, too, about the, the clones all wanted names instead of the numbers they were given. And now all the people are signing up to be given numbers. Um and tech mentions it's ingenious. You create a database to identify everyone in the in the galaxy, and like this is spot on giving mm-hmm. people papers in a ghetto and 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 um tracking the people you don't like. You know, it's it's the the Nazi move right there. Um, not not much of an illusion. It's pretty much just spelled out plain and simple, mm-hmm. right on the nose. Um. So they're impounded, they're in the lot, um, and Tech tells, I, I mentioned this on our last episode, and I think like maybe nobody noticed, or it was like breezed over because it didn't make any sense, but Tech tells Echo to go to the security desk, scomp in, copy the data, and grab the blank disks for me to program, and a scomp, a scomp link is his... Thing that's on his arm which is um the yeah. astromech i called it something last time that josh didn't mm-hmm. appreciate he wanted me to bleep it out so i won't say it this no, time but no 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 the, um, i appreciated it the uh astromech uh it's the thing he uses to put into the other um the other machinery i guess but i don't know the, the orifice yeah he he uses his external to go into the other internal ports on the, I don't know. I don't know what you would call it, but it's a scomp. It's a scomp Hearing link. You try to describe it's this an, though is, is entertaining. It's an accessory <laughs> that allows astromech droids uh, or a BD unit. It's his um, jump drive. BD had one. There you go. We'll call, we'll call it his jump drive. There you go. That's what he stores everything on. That's one way to do it. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> BD-8 had one too. Uh, that allows them to plug into a computer via a socket. And that is what... Um, Echo has on his wrist there, so he can scomp into the uh, computer sc- socket. I just thought it was a weird thing. I never stomp. heard it called that before. No. Um. So yeah, and, and I think there was a little. People weren't exactly clear. Um, he couldn't find it or whatever. But he w- he was doing multiple things. So he was plugging in to their computer to get the information about the chain codes, and he was also grabbing blank disks to put the chain code on. So that's like your passport, I guess. Um, so they do that. Um, it was actually very simple. They never saw a single, a single stormtrooper or anything. And they, um, they get these chain codes ready to go right as cut and Sue and Hunter or wrecker and wrecker and all the kids and everybody are coming up to get these chain codes so they can get on the transport and get out of Dodge before they are discovered. 
Um, but some clone troopers show up and we decide how are we, we're, we're debating how are we going to get these chain codes to them? We're never going to get past, past all these, um, all these stormtroopers. Are they clones now? Are they stormtroopers? I mean, I guess they are clones, but are they stormtroopers now? Technically. They are still clones. I think, um, there's a little tidbit in the next episode. Okay. The, the humans have a different, like, designator. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. ES, whatever. But, and whereas the clones are TK, but it obviously at some point goes back to that because they're TK again and when they're stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've got something for you on the ES. The ES stands for um, something else. But, because oh. um, I thought there was CT too. Um, isn't it CT dash four? What it lights with the clone trooper yeah. designation for clone trooper. Uh, anyway, but they're coming up there. How are we going to get past all these troopers? How are we going to get the chain codes out to the people? And Omega just swipes them off the dashboard and she's going to sneak out on her own. She's precocious like that. Um, rogue. Yeah, she is. And, uh, so they send echo out to try and get the clamp, off of the um the ship so they can leave the once boot? these guys get in there it is booted by the empire they didn't pay their parking tickets they didn't uh, well that's what you, you can't just leave a ship sitting around it gets it gets impounded right it'll get booted right there on the road um so he gets caught trying to take that off and 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 tech saves him with a by stunning the trooper that caught him but that only bought him a little bit of time and Omega also gets caught by an Imperial astromech and saved by Wrecker, but that draws attention to them. So the big fight ensues. We got the firefight right there in the impound lot. Um, but Omega gets there at the last second, and um, she's got the chain codes for the family right before they get up to the checkpoint. And uh, this is when the, there's the heartbreaker conversation. She says, Tech accidentally made five instead of four. And uh, Cut gives her the, well, you didn't tell her um, because, mm-hmm. uh, of course, Tech Tech made a um, made a chain code for Omega to get off planet with the Laquains, and um, he never told her about it. And she's just now finding out, and he's going to tell her, well, you know, you need to go with these people. We're going to give you the life you deserve. But of course, she. Uh, she wants to stay with them. She's made it very clear. She um, she's a bad batch fangirl. She wants to be in the crew. She wants to be in the band, even if she has to be a roadie. She doesn't care. She just wants to be part of the crew, um, and she doesn't really want to go with these people. But I don't think yeah. Hunter's having it right now. He's not. Uh, he he's not convinced. He he leaves Omega with Cut and Sue, and uh, he's headed back to the Havoc Marauder to help the others who are pinned down uh, so they can get out of there. And the plan is that the, the Laquains with Omega are getting off world on their transport and the bad batch are going their own way on the havoc Marauder. But uh, at the last minute we see Omega come running through the battle because she doesn't want to go with them. And um, of course they have to save her. So they, they, um, they get Omega Hunter and uh, Wrecker and his poncho, they're they're covering her. Um, we see the the Cut and Sue Laquane family leaving through the atmosphere, and um, of course the the Havoc Marauder gets out too. Um, although mm-hmm. they they took a little damage in the process, but 
um, everybody got off world. We see Wrecker doing some some curls <laughs> with the gonk droid, and um, Omega and, and Hunter have another little moment with um, where he tells her, "If this is where you want to be, then this is where you'll stay." So she's she's in, and apparently he's not gonna try and dump her off anymore. And yeah. uh, that's it for episode two. Cut. It was and run. Yeah, it was a good episode. I liked the episode. A lot of action in it. I loved the establishment of the Imperial mm-hmm. rule kind of kicking in yeah. immediately, like right that away stuff after really Order 66. Too. How, how'd that changeover yeah. happen? Yeah, and that was just a really cool, quick transition that didn't need a lot of explanation to it. It was just like, oh, we're rolling with it. We're into the, we're into the Empire now. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Republic's over. Empire, here we are. Let's go. Yeah, you got to strike while the it. iron's hot. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And and it was really interesting because it was like, you know, he had this already in place. Like he has, the emperor has this master plan. He already knew this. Like, so he's yeah. like, oh, order 66 happens. All right. Go and collect chain codes for all galactic citizens and like puts it in place and they're going. Yeah. That's it. And apparently He's he empowered all his, uh, all his bureaucrats top to bottom too with their projects mm-hmm. already in the works. And um, yeah, yep. it's um, it's a lot. It was as it was we efficient. learn in the next episode in episode three. Yeah. Do you guys have anything else for episode two? We can try to get through episode three um, a little quicker, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I really liked it. Let's go to three. Yeah. Okay. So episode three, the replacements, um, this one is directed by Nathaniel Villanueva and written by Matt McNavitz. And uh, we've kind of run through these guys' accolades um, multiple times already. So check out Clone Wars Season 7, or I think they were maybe both on the first episode of The Bad Batch even. Um, mm-hmm. But we've talked about these guys multiple times. Um, so, yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're trustworthy. They know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we open up with Omega resting on a gonk droid who has a name, Gonky. I didn't know that. I learned it today when I was doing my research <laughs> for this episode. But the gonk droid is named Gonky. It's not the most creative name I've ever heard, but it is a name, and it has it. Neither is Mithril. It's short. It's a nickname. It's actually short for Gonkington. Gonkington McDroid. Mm, <laughs> Gonkington. Okay. Yep. Yeah, nice. Sir, Sir Gonkington McDroid. Gonky. Okay, good to know. There you go. So she's reading a data pad like, a, like the... Gen Z kid just sitting there on her on her iPad, iPad. leaning against Gonky, <laughs> and um, it, it's chow time. You know, Hunter comments that can't be too comfortable. Um, you know, she does, we're we're recognizing that Omega's just sprawled out on a floor in what is ultimately like a hallway in their in their ship here, and um, we're handing out rations, and uh, there's not a ton to go around. They're obviously living kind of lean. And Wrecker wants more, and and Omega offers him hers because she is uh, always trying to be helpful like that. And he almost snatches it, but Hunter kind of pulls him aside and and um, explains to him, you know, she's a kid, she doesn't have a place to stay. We can't take her food too, and we're we're seeing that these guys are they're all figuring out how to live together and and how to work together in in this new this new dynamic they have, this new situation they're in. Um, cut to the uh, cockpit where we see Tech working on some kind of device. He never goes into 
a lot of detail on it, but it's to check on the functionality of the inhibitor chips, inhibitor chips that we know the clones have. Um, we know that inhibitor chicks is actually a name of a band that's on the email playlist. That we, that's what Omega, <laughs> Omega listens to when she's from the last sad. episode. The inhibitor yep. chicks, yeah. That actually, uh, that's a that's a sick name for a band. I'd like I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we know the the bad batch has them. They have the chips. They just reacted to them differently. So um, presumably, it's to check theirs first. But then we can go on and check whatever other clones they may come across too, or mm-hmm. um, ultimately help crosshair with it, which is what I think they're going to do. Um, and we find out that apparently echo and tech were supposed to, uh, repair the havoc marauder after, uh, they were leaving Seleucami where they took some damage and it did not happen or at least not sufficiently. So they are crash landing on what is originally called just like a desolate moon, but there is a name for it. We'll get to that a little bit later. Um, and tech say he's like, it didn't impact any major yeah, systems like, or something no, like that. No life support system. So we'll be fine. Like basically <laughs> right. as long as, as long as we can breathe, it, it doesn't really We're matter, okay. which I think is a little yeah. reductive, but cause it pulled him out uh, of hyperspace. Yeah. Yeah. They were traveling. Thank through. God it was in system and not like in the middle of a star or whatever uh, that right. whole monologue that Han goes on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not like dust and crops. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> So yeah, they are they are crash landing. Tell Omega get ready for your first crash landing. Tell her to strap in. Uh, there's a, again Wrecker with the Wrecker, comic Wrecker relief. He's funny. doing the thing. Uh, we're gonna die. We're gonna die. We're gonna die. We're gonna die. And then he realizes he he's like, sitting next over. to the little girl, and he's like, "We're gonna be fine. fine. We're gonna be fine." Yeah. Uh, he he definitely whacked his head on the way down, uh, but. Uh, to no one's surprise, everyone survives this crash landing onto the desolate moon, and we find out that one of the ship's capacitors is damaged um, in the crash, but they have a spare, so that's good news. It's like uh, the Oregon Trail when you have an extra axle to repair your wagon when it breaks <laughs> down. Wheel. You yeah. just have it, so you're ready to go. Shouldn't be a huge deal. Um, they start looking for it, and Omega pulls out Crosshair's weapons kit, and she's like, well, is the spare capacitor in here? And, um, no, it's not in there. And they say that's Crosshair's weapons kit. And, um, Wrecker says, you know, I'll, I'll say it. I kind of miss him. And they are like, well, he shot you. And he's like, I know it hurt, but, uh, you know, I still miss him. And I think they all kind of miss him. And Omega explains to them, um, which I think we all realized as viewers, but this is the first time it's expressly said to the other members of the Bad Batch, but she explains that it's the inhibitor chip making him do it. It's not just his choice. Um, Mm -hmm. So now they're realizing that he's not just a villain. He's, he's kind of a victim in a way and, and he should be redeemable, I think. And, and I, I expect that that's at least going to be a big part of the, the story moving Mm -hmm. forward. Um, And I was curious, we know from the trailers and the, um, the previews and stuff that Omega is going to be wielding a, a kind of vibro bow at some point, um, do we think she's she could find it in in Crosshair's weapons kit? Could she open it up one day and find some gear in there and be like, oh, this this will work for me. I could do this. Does he have all kinds work. of yeah. different weaponry in there? Maybe. I don't know. I'd I'd have to go back and look at the the because t- like was the bow 
like an adult bow or was it like for her size? Good question. I don't know. Because if it's smaller, I would say it's probably from a different I mean, episode. Odysseus's bow was like it. eight feet long or something. Bows are crazy. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. But I, I don't remember. It's not like a long bow. I can't see her. I don't know. I have, no, I have just to something I thought about when and, I saw it. Yeah. I'm like, what's the point? Of, are we just, is this a weapons kit just so we have a reason to talk about crosshair or like, are we going to, is this like Chekhov's gun? There's like there's a weapons there. kit and we're going to open it up sometime and find something in the weapons kit. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's where, that's where the A storyline is and the B storyline back on Camino, uh, where crosshairs undergoing a scan and, his vitals are at optimal level and we see Tarka Tarkin and uh, Nala say watching over him and commenting that he responded to the procedure from episode one where they um, enhanced his inhibitor chip or, or uh, I can't remember the exact wording they used, but they basically pumped it up to make him yeah. make it full on inhibiting at that five G. Yeah, exactly. He's <laughs> uh he's at the new optimal levels of Wi-Fi. Um, yeah. And this is when we meet Vice Admiral Rampart, who is just the worst. He's terrible. Um, and we saw him in the previous episode in the hologram. He is the hologram person in the middle of town square talking about go get your chain code and get your Imperial credits. Uh, Tarkin, thick thighs Tarkin, um, compliments him on his chain code initiative and um, Project War Mantle, which is his elite troops that he's got there in their black armor. They look like death troopers to me. Uh, is it, are we presuming that these are like the precursors to that? I think that stands to reason. I would say so. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so, and, and I, I believe Maggie mentioned this on our live stream Friday, or maybe it was you, Josh, but... This Project War Mantle, it was you, Josh, wasn't it? Yep. This Project War Mantle is one of the things that Jen Erso, much like the um, light speed tracking um, mm -hmm. from Last Jedi, she flicked through it when they were looking for the, the Death Star plans. So I, I like that little connection there. Um, but the plan for Project War Mantle is to have a squad of elite enlisted troops that are led by enhanced clones. So we're phasing out the clones, but we're going to use some enhanced clones. Um, and of course, uh, Rampart is a proponent of a large enlisted army. Uh, he says that a, a soldier who chooses to enlist is going to be more loyal than a clone. And, and we want to phase out the clones anyway. And um, this is the empire's first elite squad. That's what they call it. That's where the ES designation comes from elite squad. And these um, four squad members that we meet there in the slick black trooper armor, they do have names. And they are ES-01, ES-02, ES-03, and ES-04. I think the, uh, the woman is, there's a good chance that it is uh, Zara from the current comic run. And I'm not just saying that, that because it's too well, yeah, when I which would be awesome if they're tying the comics into the you know mainline media like this uh that quickly, but both both that com the comic run that she's on and this you know come out within a year of each other, and um 
she there is a dark like Zara is a dark haired woman who rose through the ranks as a protege of Tarkin's. So mm-hmm. like the timeline and the situation that we see her in kind of hmm. fits. So it would make sense, but it does, it might not be. But I, I have a we'll question see. about that. Cause I too have read the comic books, but I feel like when Tarkin was introduced to this squad of troopers and there's only four of them and they were right there helmets off. If it was her, he would have recognized her or, or said something or, um, Unless this is the moment they come together, way. or oh, you're saying that this would be like maybe their first meeting. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. We'll have to keep an eye on that one. I like it though. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where we are for the B storyline. That's their setup there. So we're back to um the desolate moon where Tech and Echo are trying to replace the capacitor on the ship, and they're talking about it's full of tons of energy and be careful. And we, and again, tech's like, well, I know that already. And I'll tell me to be careful. <laughs> but uh, th- also in real life, that's not at all what a capacitor does, but that's like, you know, whatever, just science, <laughs> science words, uh, do science, space. do science, things. space yeah. wizards. Look here, Morty, you can't just put two science words together and expect it to mean something. But, uh, <laughs> um, and, but echoes seeing stuff moving around out in the darkness. So tech is like, eyes in close putting this capacitor in and echoes like, uh, what's out there? What's out there? And they see these deep scratches in the hull, uh, mm-hmm. in the hull of the ship. And in Texas, something about like, well, those weren't there when we landed captain obvious. And, uh, they, they jump back in and that's when we see Omega from inside. Um, it, it was just like the Minox when they slap onto the, the windshield is there's probably a better name for that than windshield, but like viewport, the Slap viewport. There, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, an Ordo moon dragon. They're on the Ordo moon. It's cool. An Ordo moon dragon like right there on the viewport, the windshield, if you will. Uh, they are <laughs> nocturnal creatures native to the Ordo moon, which that's the, the name here. I don't know where Ordo is, but it's where we are. And they feed on raw energy and they glow green when they're feeding. And it's super cool looking because we see mm-hmm. it later in the episode. Um, so she sees it and um, she's scared by it, but not as scared as Leia. She's just like startled a little bit. She's not not really freaked out. She handled it pretty well, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hunter says, Tech, Echo, you guys finish fixing up this ship. I'm going to go get the capacitor that the um, Ordo Moon Dragon stole. <clears throat> Wrecker, you're staying on the ship. Your head is bothering you. You probably have a concussion. You weren't that smart to begin with, so you hang back and rest. <clears throat> and that leads me to a question I was wondering about. Do we think that Wrecker hit his head and this is just a reason for him to stay back on the ship and and Omega and Hunter can have their father-daughter time and he can set up her um, little bedroom and that'll be the end of it? Or are we going to use um, Tech's little device that he was working on at the beginning of the episode and we're going to have to do some work on on Wrecker's um, inhibitor chip because it's it's giving him problems and causing that pain? My guess is that it's somewhere in the middle where... They want us to think that that's what it is, but it's actually just going to be a reason for him to have stayed back. But they, I wouldn't be surprised if they do a couple, one or two other things to kind of tease that he's having a problem, but then that it 
it actually was just to misdirect you from something else. Josh is calling for the yeah. old red herring. Okay. Yeah, I, I think it's because obviously they, they know the chip was triggered for Order 66, so it's already mm-hmm. been activated. But yeah, I think it's just going haywire and it's probably causing his oh, so brain you do to think, just you have think some it actually stuff. is the chip giving him some oh we're on the fence here we're fi- we got a split decision we're 50 <laughs> 50 the other way to yeah, see I, that I, is like either way somebody's going to be right like i don't think he's like i don't know that it's like you know because he didn't even like it didn't even phase him right like yeah like, i think what there's, chip? Like, there's I definitely something different there's there's some like spectrum between it's not doing anything and it's I'm full on good soldiers, follow orders, kill the Jedi, mm-hmm. kill the, like, it could just be something. I don't know. I have no idea, but I, I think they're, they're definitely hinting at it. I wonder what the payoff's going to be for that. I think that was like, what, um, was it Tup that killed? Yeah. Good soldiers follow orders. that order. killed. Tip, yeah. And he, like, he was just back and forth. Yeah. He didn't understand what was happening. And I think that's, I'm sure it, Wrecker is still fighting it a lot more than what Tup did, but you know, he's like, mm-hmm. ow, my head hurts. It's not like a normal yeah. and headache we, or And they concussion. did show him actually whack it on his, his harness when they were crash landing. So there's like, yeah. it could definitely go either way. Like he whacked yeah. his head or he whacked and he triggered the chip or something. You know, never know. But something to think mm-hmm. about. I'm yeah. sure we'll get some payoff on that down the road. Or it'll just go away and that's the payoff. But we'll see. Um, And that's when Omega... When when Hunter tells Wrecker that he's got to stay back because his his head is hurt, that's when Omega says that she wants to come, and Hunter mm-hmm. shoots that down. It's gonna, it could be dangerous, and she gives him the ultimate guilt trip with, um, "Well, I'm part of the squad now too, right?" In her like Kiwi accent that I can't got do, him. but uh, he he basically couldn't deny that, so he uh, yeah. He says, all right, let's go hunt down a moon dragon on a moon in, in the nighttime and it'll be fine. We'll we'll hunt down the giant lizard together. Um, uh, back to the elite squad troopers. They're getting their medical check. There's a lot of medical checks happening on Camino. Apparently they just do that all the time to everyone. It's like their whole job is just medical check people. Um, and one of them is, is make sure you're com- healthy. Yeah. One of them's kind of complaining about why well, I didn't join the military to be poked and tested. And, and another one of them kind of gives a, well, uh, the empire's given me a food, given me food and a roof over my head. That's more than the Republic ever did for me. And I, I liked this cause we're kind of giving, we're establishing that thing that Rampart was talking about. Like these people signed up for this. So she says, I didn't join the military to be poked and tested. So she did join the military for a reason whether it's mm-hmm. to fight whatever she, whether it's just to shoot somebody cause she wants to shoot somebody, whether it's to uphold law and order or whatever, whatever her reason is, she has a reason. And, yeah. and same for him. He, he was, um, felt like he wasn't taken care of by the empire or by the Republic. By the Republic. And now he is mm-hmm. being taken care of by the empire. And it stands to reason that there would be people who fall in all kinds of different spectrums during this changeover. If you're wealthy and you live on the right planet, like the change from the Republic to the empire, it might not affect you at all. If you were really mm-hmm. poor and got some bureaucratic job with the empire, it might've made your life way better. Of course it made it yeah. a lot worse for a lot of people too, but you know, we're seeing the, these different perspectives from these, these soldiers. Well, and, and 
during the Clone Wars, it was basically Republic occupation or separatist occupation on a lot of these planets. So these people necessarily didn't have a choice, you know, like they're just living on this planet and then here come the separatists and then they go, all right, well, we got to do what the separatist says. And then the Republic comes in and says, oh, we're going to liberate you from the separatists, but you got to do what we say now. Mm -hmm. Here, people are actually given a choice. Well, no, you don't have to be. We're not going to occupy your planet. Come join us or we're going to still going to be here, but we want you to be part of us. Come join us. Get in our our crew. We'll pay you to come be part of our crew rather than just us taking over your planet. And I think that's Justin, please where stop he using going our with platform that. to spread um, uh, imperial propaganda. <laughs> propaganda. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's I. But I think that's what he's saying. He's like, look, it's more than the Republic ever did for me. I get food yep. and a roof over my head. Yeah, whereas life wasn't before you blew my house up when the Republic yeah. was in charge either. That's for sure. There was I mean, yeah. if you lived on the bottom levels of Coruscant, your life was garbage no matter who's in charge and that's you mm-hmm. know that's the way of the world that's the way of our world mm-hmm. um and uh so those guys are going to get sent back to onderon this elite squad the the Temp empire's first elite squad uh, they're going to be led by crosshair sent back to onderon to wipe out the last of saw's people and per throne or <laughs> thrawn Per Tarkin. Per Thrawn. Yeah, per Thrawn. No. How dare you. Per Tarkin, see if they concede where Clone Force 99 failed. Can succeed where Clone Force 99 failed. And they're getting sent off to Onderon. Back to Onderon, getting a lot of play in this series. Um, But that was it for that scene. There, we're, we're cutting right back to Hunter and Omega, who are searching for the Moon Dragon. Um. Hunter's doing his tracker thing, which he hasn't gotten to flex his his clone skills all that much, in my opinion. Not like the other ones. Look what I can do. Look at what I can do. Look what I can do. Hey Omega, look at what I can do. I can I can smell the dirt. Um, but so he's like tracking this moon dragon and and Omega asks, Can I well, can I learn to track like you? And he tells her, Well, it's an enhanced skill. I've got, you know, this is my skill, and tech's really smart and and uh mm-hmm. you know whatever other records super strong and she's like well and and crosshair too right because uh they're trying to forget <laughs> about him but um we get this we get this character stuff from hunter where he's feeling guilt about leaving crosshair behind and he was one of their own and um he he admits that he's not mad at crosshair he's upset with himself because he left him and and yeah. Omega says we'll find a way to get him back, and uh, I think we we're kind of hammering that home. Like it's not it's not Crosshair's fault. We want him to be part of the crew. Let's go and and find a way to help him through this and fix it. I, I think they keep bringing it up over and over and over and over and over again in a bunch of different ways. So that's very clearly going to be very the, similar, very similar to the guilt I think that Rex had when they left Echo behind the first time on the sure. platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not, I mean, that's soldiers the world over. You don't yep. leave a yep. man behind. No. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. So we're, uh, um, the elite squad on, on yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. We're back to the elite squad on and that this, uh, episode bounced around really fast and I keep getting confused. Yeah. They were back and it forth quick between episode. these two storylines really, um, abruptly. So they're, they're on Onderon and, um, they're coming in like extremely hot. They're sniping these. Um, I guess it depends on which side you're on, what you would call them soldiers or insurgents or 
freedom fighters or whoever. So they're sniping them from the shuttle as they're landing. They get up to the the last soldier and Crosshair's interrogating him about Saw and she's giving him the good answer like, I don't know. And even if I did, I wouldn't tell you. And he, he shoots her mid-sentence, cuts her right off, completely cold-blooded. Uh, everybody else there is is just refugees, though. They're just trying to get off world. They're they're just regular people. They're not armed, and um, they find this out as they try to question them. These guys don't really know what's going on. They're just trying to get off world, and that's when ESO one. This is the guy who who was questioning why Crosshair was in charge and saying he wanted to be in charge. He's like, well, these these are refugees. These orders are wrong. We need to take them prisoner and take them back with us and, and figure out what's going tries, on. Tries to do the right thing. Tries to do what is the most right thing to do in that situation, I guess. Yeah. And and it got him a, a blaster bolt through the chest. He was shot down for it. And uh, Crosshair's like, yeah, no, you're done. Now the rest of you, ESO two through four, shoot and kill all the refugees, which they do. And he gives us another good soldiers follow orders as, as he's walking off. Which by the way, the one ES soldier was hauling around a flame thrower mm-hmm. and yeah. literally that scene was kind of brutal. Like they don't show it, but I mean, yeah. Kids damn. show, huh? It's it a kid. A like if that's like, yeah. that's a lot for a kid's show because you know what that dude's doing with the flamethrower. That was, that was kind of harsh. He was burning honest, them alive. Yeah, yeah that was kind of harsh. So good. cover your kids' eyes at that point. I mean, they don't show it, but you know, just kind of uh, do one of these. Fast things Bobby said on Friday that his kids watched it. They're just they're living the hard life out there, you know. Yeah. So it's yeah. a cruel, cruel world. You got to learn the kids yeah. young. Um, and that was it. So we did a li- yeah. we did a little war crimes, and now we're back to the desolate moon. And Hunter and Omega have successfully tracked down the moon dragon. Um, got him, got him. But Hunter gets his mask knocked off. They've got the little breather mask, much like um, Han and Han and mm-hmm. Chewie and Leia had on in the whatever space worm. Um, I like those little breathers, but his gets knocked off. And of course he can't breathe. He gets knocked unconscious. Omega gets his mask back on, but he's already out. So she's like, well, I'll just follow this dragon up the hill into his little den where I saw him go in the cave. And, um, she, of course, being an intelligent young person follows a strange giant (laughs) beast into a dark cave on a strange planet by herself. Um, with but she did t- blaster. With, yeah, she did take Hunter's blaster for <laughs> that protection. She's not trained so, to use. <laughs> hey, she's took she, she's taken one shot and it was a very good one. So <laughs> I know. I mean, the hero's journey thing is right on the nose. You got to go after part of that. Part of that story is is the monster in the cave. Yep, they're mm-hmm. they're really landed on thick. Um. Oh yeah. So she she gets in there and she spots the capacitor. She's going to grab it, but of course the dragon spots her too and they have a little like stare down growly thing and she raises the blaster. She's going to she's thinking about shooting it, but then she hears Hunter calling her name from outside and I did not follow this part, but for some reason she hears um Hunter calling her from outside, so she shuts off the flashlight. I don't know why that made her shut off the flashlight, but it did. <laughs> 
This is the chain of events as they occurred. I can't explain the thought process. I have no idea why Hunter's looking for you, so now I have to turn off the flashlight, but it's what she did. And this is when she realizes that the dragon calmed down when the light was off. It was attracted to the light. It wanted the light. It wanted to eat it. So she kicks it back on, tosses it in the corner. This is basically the same move you do when your dog gets a hold of a dirty sock or something and you want to get it away. You throw the treat away from the sock, drops the sock, goes for the treat. You take the sock. So she took the capacitor, which is the sock in this analogy, mm-hmm. and um, runs out. But we did see the um, the dragon eat the flashlight and uh, do the glowy green thing when it ate it, which was super cool. It's a really, cool. really cool yeah. animation. Um so she gets out there and she's all happy. She's proud of herself. Says so she tracked down the dragon and completed the mission without even having to use the blaster. Um, and that is close to the end. We're about to wrap it up. Um, Tarkin, Tarkin and Rampart are back on Camino. Um, the the mission with the elite squadron is is a success in their eyes. Of course, they they lost one soldier, but. I think they said something callous about like, uh, you know, acceptable losses or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they agree that the clone program is expensive and outdated and they're going to move forward with um, enlistees and conscripted soldiers. And Tarkin promotes him to Admiral right there on the spot. I'm not a hundred percent sure that's how military promotions work, but it's how it works in the empire. He got promoted right then and there and he left the, the project in his hands. I took that as dealing with the whole cloning project and phasing it out though. I could have, I could have misunderstood that. Um, but then we get Nala say and Lama Sue um, in their own private room uh, discussing how they're going to keep the clone army relevant because they need this contract. I think it's probably both financial and political. Um, you, not only want that empire money coming in, but you also want uh, probably the empire to be in your debt and to need you and, and to be connected to them politically that way. Um, and they're talking about how the genetic material from Django Fett is continuing to degrade. It's running out and they've got to move on to the next phase, which means this next phase is obviously something that's already been discussed and in development and they talk about the development of a superior clone and that they need to secure Camino's relationship with the empire. And I'm being led to believe that Omega is, um, the prototype for this, um, next phase for this superior clone. Um, I could be wrong about that. But they say they need to get a new genetic source, and the clones they need will not return willingly. Um, but they only need one. My mm. yeah, the fact that they say that tells you that it's not the Bad Batch themselves because they have crosshair. So if you know that that mm-hmm. proves that it's not them, mm-hmm. I I think it's obviously either Omega and then the tinfoil hat guess that I did on the live stream was that it could also be Boba. Because mm-hmm. he has the Django mm-hmm. Fett DNA, and it's not, it's not degrading because he's not accelerated or anything, and he's straight yeah. from the source. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and that's about it for the episode. Minus two little scenes. We get Crosshair who goes back into the Bad Batch bunk, and he kind of sees all those marks on the wall that Wrecker was making, and 
and sees these new soldiers who he doesn't really like that much. And he does the classic, um, I'm sitting on the edge of my bunk, but I'm feeling like guilty and sad. Um, so I think he's, he's definitely not pumped about his situation. And, and again, we're hammering home that like he's pro he's doing these things and he's doing these horrible things, but it's his programming and, and he, he doesn't feel good about it, even though he can't stop himself and he can't really articulate it. Um, he, he's not happy about the current state of things. And then mm. back at happier times on the Havoc Marauder, Omega comes back to discover that Uncle Wrecker has created her own little bedroom that looks like it has like a viewport, right? Was it in like a, it looks like maybe a gunner seat or something. I couldn't really tell, but um, he made her her own little room and um, it's got a, his, his Lula doll was in there and mm. Hunter gives her the, well, no. you're part of the squad, uh, which was her thing earlier in the episode. Well, I'm part of the squad, aren't I? So they bookended that, and that is the end of episode three of The Bad Batch, The Replacements. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good episode. It was solid. I, I liked it. And I, I think when, you know, as we do with most of these animated shows, when you go back and you watch them the second time, the third time, you pick up. Yeah. more than what you did the first time that alludes to something else. So um, it'll be interesting. I, I kind of liked the introduction of Rampart's character, new big bad. I, I'm assuming, I'm assuming Tarkin will not be as heavily involved with maybe some of the future episodes. Kind of like, um, so. yeah, callous, right. It became more of a callous focus at mm-hmm. some point there. Um, I think Rampart will be kind of that callous role. I don't think he's flipping anytime soon, but uh, I think yeah, he seems he's, like a true you know, believer. Yeah, he's obviously the young buck that wants to work his way up as fast as he can. So he's doing but, and, all the things he can to impress the Grand Admiral. I think that's a good point too. Is that like there is a double agent thing in Star Wars? Like we do get people to flip. Uh, it, it happens multiple times, but we're not in a, in a period of time where that would probably really happen. Like the empire has just happened. So like if you're on board at the beginning, you're probably on board. I doubt that there would be anybody that is one month into the empire's like, Oh, you know what? This really isn't that good of an idea. Like you, you've probably (laughs) got to sit on it. Yeah. You've probably got to sit on it for a few years. You know, I mean, there's a, there's a way to write around that I'm sure, but not as, it's not as easy to convince in the beginning. I would think. Yeah. Um, I actually disagree. Um, but I think I'm thinking about it from a different, uh, different spot. So my understanding, because they mention it at, well, and we know just, we, we, we know that they don't dissolve the Senate until Mm -hmm. a new hope. Mm -hmm. So you could have Imperials who are Imperial senators who are kind of, in a double agent role of sorts, but it would be very different than, you know, in a military yeah. double agent. Yeah. I'll so. agree with that. Like get a, someone politically like Bail Organa, which yeah, yeah. that would yeah. make sense. Well, and it's well, just, it wasn't Leia like a junior Senator in her rebels episodes. Yeah. Something like that. She had some yeah. kind of yeah. title. Yeah. But at this point we don't even have really a formed rebellion. Yet we've got Saw doing we've his thing, people, just trying to but that's, help, but that's not really a 
an organization. So I don't know who in the empire would go, Oh, let's go take secrets and report them to this person. uh, Bail Organa is, is running a fulcrum program and, and, um, um, well, I mean, I guess Padme's kind of gone at this point, but like they, there were people who were in the Senate who knew, you know, Mon Mothma who knew from the, from the jump that this was bad. We we saw yeah. Bale and and Padme talking in the prequels about like, oh, he's just assuming all these powers. This is democracy dying. This is a horrible thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. And just to add on that, that there was there was a Revenge of the Sith um, deleted scene that showed like Bale and Mon Mothma and Padme like meeting and oh, actually talking about, about this. Mm-hmm. So yep. obviously that's not canon, but you know the intention is still there to start a like covert group to yeah just be watchdogs essentially of what's going on in in the senate and outside of it so yeah good point i forgot about that scene man there's a lot of good deleted scenes that probably should have been added back true yeah dang there's some great deleted scenes in yeah yeah uh, no Lula dolls at Batu East yet. Mm. So not yeah. yet. If they pop up, I'll let you guys know. But no Lulas. A lot of homemade ones, but no, no Disney approved, no Mouse House approved Lulas yet. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's interesting to see the the difference though. You've got you know, uh, you've got uh, Crosshair who clearly was happy with his old group. Not happy with his new group. He was his version of happy Omega, anyway, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then you got Omega, not happy with her old group, happy with her new group. So it's like they've completely flipped yeah. roles, which is very interesting. So um, do you guys have any other thoughts, comments on uh, episode three before we blow this thing and get out of here? I think I've said enough. Looking forward to seeing episode four. Me too. Only a couple days You're away. You're all clear, kid. Now let's go. That was a recap of episode two and three of Bad Batch. Uh, thank you for joining our Orb Force 99 crew here, minus our crosshair, Maggie, Ooh, who is uh, hate that. missing yeah. tonight. <laughs> I'm just oh, she kidding, might Maggie. like it. She is kind of like the, the bad guy. <laughs> she likes the bad boys. She likes the bad boys. Um, no, she's, uh, she's prepping for hopefully a positive thing coming up here we'll see we'll find out more later this week hopefully so uh anybody have any shout outs do you guys want to shout out anybody Mm. i have yeah go ahead justin i'm gonna shout out uh ryloth relics who keeps killing me with these (laughs) releases he just posted a um jedi temple guard coin and patch that it looks awesome also looks like it could be used as a weapon just saying it's super sharp on the top and then he's got another one coming out that is a sabine wren coin that looks outstanding yeah he's just killing me with these coins here but they look good. They look great displayed with helmets, with props, figures, 
Uh, if you haven't checked out his stuff, go check out Ryloth Relics, people. I'm actually going to shout out anybody that joined us in our live stream last Friday. Uh, it was really fun. That was a good one. We cracked a lot of jokes and had a good time. I tuned in for part. I was on a bus. The best parts were when you weren't there, though. All the times when you I... weren't on, it was really, <laughs> really, really good. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way you lie, Kyle. Oh, oh <laughs> yes. I like it. Well done. Yeah. So the best parts yeah. were actually with me there. No, I'm just kidding. No, he's just making sick Rihanna references, bro. <laughs> I you know see what? that. Uh, this is I a Rihanna a, chicken a sandwich uh, pizza slash arcade podcast now. <laughs> Kids pizza yeah. birthday party <laughs> show. <laughs> Hey, you right. come for the Star Wars, you stay for Rihanna. Yeah, no kidding. I'm putting that on a t-shirt. Well, if if you guys want to debate the chicken sandwiches out there, please feel free to hit us up. Uh, you can reach us at uh, OuterRimBeacon at gmail.com. You can find us on any one of the social medias, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram out at OuterRimBeacon. You can find me, Justin, on Twitter at IamTheBendu. Where can they find you guys? Oh, nah, nah. What's my name? It's Battle of Tanab. <laughs> Check me out. Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is Kyle, and I am KB underscore legend on Twitter and Instagram. Nice. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, hope you enjoyed uh, recaps of the Bad Batch here. We got another live stream coming at you this Friday to go over episode four. Uh, and then we'll be recording our normal podcast next time, sometime next week. So everybody have a great week and we will talk to you soon. May the force be with you. Always. Rihanna. Always. Always Rihanna. Always Rihanna. (laughs) Love you guys. Take care.